Pride Month. G'day, I'm Martin Isles, and this is The Truth of It. And yes, unless you've been living under a rock these last few weeks, you know that this month is Pride Month. What's to be said about it? Well, it's interesting, you know, in the marketing hype and in the frequency of use of that word, I think a lot of us have forgotten actually what it means. The word pride is in fact a word that symbolises a pretty serious sin. It's one of the seven deadly sins in Scripture. Uh, it's the sin by which we believe from certain passages in the Bible that Satan fell from heaven. At its most basic, pride is the sin that we commit when we fail to realise that all that we are and all that we have belongs to God and comes from God and is for Him. We believe that these things, all that we are, all that we have, it's all ours. We believe that we are our own. But at its most advanced, pride gets still worse. I mean, the first part of that is bad enough for creatures who are created to live that way. But at its most advanced, pride sees a person exalt themselves to be as a god insofar as they determine for themselves what is good and what is evil. This is the origin of that notion, my truth. In other words, I get to decide. I'm accountable to nothing outside of myself. I even get to decide what is right and wrong, because the only right and wrong is the right and wrong for me. That was the temptation in the garden, for those who know the relevant scripture, to be as God's knowing good and evil. That's really what that phrase is getting at. It is the essence, it is the logic of all sin, namely rebellion against God towards self. Now, Pride Month is named after that sin. And it is, in fact, pretty well named because that is precisely what Pride Month is really all about. What do I mean? Well, let's take some of the tenets of the sorts of rainbow things that we're seeing at the moment, like to say that a man can be pregnant despite the obvious witness of creation. You know, only women come with wombs. Or that a little girl might be a little boy because that might be her truth. Or that our bodies were designed for same-sex intimacy, or that uh, sexual license is good for me, um, or that, you know, what I am made like is irrelevant compared to what I feel in my mind, what I want to be, what I like to think. In these matters, see, God the Creator has stamped His will upon us in certain physiological realities. We bear in our own bodies a testimony, a witness to his design and his purpose. To rebel against that is somewhat difficult, usually, um, but that is why the cancel culture canons are aimed at all dissent, because lies need protecting. They cannot withstand actual analysis. And because consciences are tender, they hate to be pricked with this outside-of-myself truth. See, it's difficult unless you are caught in pride. And that is why the month is well-named. Pride that says that all I have has no connection to God, my creator. It is mine to use rebelliously as I like, according to my truth. My identity and my sense of it is all that there is. And everyone needs to affirm it because it's fragile. Children need to be taught that it is good. Others need to participate in this identity. It needs to grow and needs to be uh, the identity that others take, but also corporates and individuals need to wear the rainbow and demonstrate total commitment. We all need to be in on the rebellion. 
Um, incidentally, you know, corporates only do it because there's no marketing implication for them in the sense that it's not going to really cost them anything. There's, there's, you know, Middle Eastern outfits don't do the same thing. It's all just a cynical branding and marketing exercise. They're not really that virtuous. They're only as virtuous as the, as the popular cultural trends are uh, in play. Um, but incidentally, let me make this aside. I mentioned the rainbow a couple of times. The rainbow as a symbol is awfully significant. I can't find any analysis of the theological justification for it, but there's got to be one. In fact, the origins of it are a little bit oblique uh, because the rainbow in the Bible, the origin of it is a symbol of non-judgment. It was the symbol that God used by which he declared that he would never judge the earth again in a certain way. Yet God says three times in scripture that he opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, the opposite of pride. So pride is judged. God says so. But the banner of this kind of rebellion is God's symbol of non-judgment. See, it's really significant, isn't it, when you see it that way? And it doesn't have seven colours like the rainbows of nature. The pride flag has six colours. And as we know, in Scripture, seven is God's number of perfection and completion. Um, But six is the number of man. So there is a profound theological significance in that flag. It really is a flag to the pride of men rebelling against what God has said. Maybe it's a coincidence, but I've always found that very hard to believe. There must be something more in it. But what are some lessons? Well, at a societal level, the West really is on thin ice. When you shamelessly vaunt this kind of sin like pride as a brand, as a celebration, it's pretty serious. Um, God opposes the proud, remember. Three times he says that in the Bible, and that goes along with all the other things he says about the proud in terms of judgment, in terms of bringing them down, in terms of all that kind of stuff. And in this respect, I think Christians need to be motivated seeing this all around us, uh, the way that pride is used as a brand and as a celebration with no second thought of the seriousness of it. We need to be praying for God's mercy. And if I really wanted to go into a theological excursion of what all of this means for the existence of a culture, well, like I said, the West is on very thin ice, but for God's mercy. But I don't want to go any further down the social societal stuff. I want to think of a lesson for you and for me. We need to reflect very seriously on the kind of culture that we're in. If pride, such a grave sin, can be so openly marketed right across the board, so fully embraced and so celebrated with all of its implications, I'm not even referring to the rainbow stuff. I'm just saying that that word pride would ever in a culture be seen as a good thing or a potentially good thing. Wow, we're living in a spiritually toxic culture. We're surely living in days and times that are characterized by the sin of a proud heart from the grassroots upwards into the corporations and the governments and so on. And it must be the case under those circumstances that this rubs off on us. It must be the case that pride is so commonplace as a human trait that we can scarcely recognize it anymore or that we don't react viscerally against it, just like this brand has managed to worm its way uh, into our culture. We haven't reacted against the word. Certainly people uh, in this day and age, it's true, and I think we all sense this, take truth as if it were an offense. They refuse to bow to greater truth than themselves. They get angered by it when it contradicts them or confronts them, and they tend to live their lives trying to ignore it. People are unteachable. Uh, We don't crave instruction and the transformation that that instruction brings. And we're more occupied with our own happiness day by day than we are with God's glory. And that matters because, as I say again, God opposes the proud. 
But here's an important lesson, the other half of that verse, but gives grace to the humble. Just as pride is a hallmark of rebellion and God has opposed it, so humility is a mark of God's grace and God's favour. What did Jesus say? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs. Notice, not other people, theirs, the poor in spirit, those of humble heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or here's a real favourite verse from Isaiah. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. And the proud person will never accept that about God. They will never see one who is high, lifted up, eternal and holy. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place. Yeah, we know that. And also, also with him who is of a contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite. Humility is God's fingerprint on a life. It's a hallmark that says God is here or God is at work here. It is the sign of God's work in a life. Nobody ever repented except that they were humbled by the knowledge of their own sin. Nobody ever submitted to Christ, except that they were shown his greatness and their own depravity. Uh, Indeed, that they were shown his greatness compared to their own identity, as the buzzword is today. It would be a good thing for us all to pray for humility, that we might receive God's grace, rather than be shaped by this proud and rebellious culture, which is judged and which is passing away. I'm Martin Isles, and that was the truth of it.